0: The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I am joined by my co-host Dave. Welcome back Dave. How's it going? Going great buddy. Glad to be back. Yeah man. I I was flailing doing the show solo without you. It's good to see you on the other side of that chair
1: again. Oh oh, you were? Okay. Because I listened to the first few minutes where I think you wished me a happy birthday and you said does he even listen to this? He's not even listening to this. I was listening to that. However, I quickly stopped See, because I had better things to do out there in Anaheim, Los Angeles.
0: I was right in that you don't listen to episodes that you're not involved in because the only part of the episode you listened to was when I was directly talking about you. And so you're telling me that when it looked like I was turning the topic away from you, you just switched off of last week's episode.
1: I had things to do. I was out there. There were other podcasts to see and be on. There was Disneyland. Um, you know,
0: you're on this podcast. This should be of interest to you. And it was a good episode. We had Ariel Hyatt last week. She was super great and we talked about uh the death of vine. It was it was a good episode.
1: The death of vine. Wow. Yeah. That is that is happening,
0: isn't it? That's right. And you would have known that last week had you continued to listen. I can't believe you don't
1: listen to this podcast when you're not on it. If hey, what? I mean, I well, wait, how do I say no? Well, I mean, because I, I do listen to other podcasts I'm not on. That's right. Actually, I'd say most of the podcasts I listen to, I'm not are on. ones you're not Actually, on. I'm going to say that 99% of the podcasts I listen to, <laughs> I am not on. Although, like I said, you know, I I did, you know, I was a buddy. I did go on other shows, or I did go on another show out there and everything. And, you know, are you okay with that? That, you're, that you were on another podcast? Yeah, talk about this. Talk about
0: this. Where were you? Oh, I was on How Did This Get Made? Yeah, you had a uh, guest appearance. <laughs> as you're wearing, look at you look you're as you're talking, you, you're wearing a how did this get made t shirt and you're kinda of like puffing out your chest so that I look at it. Yes, I see your damn t shirt. I see that you cheated on me with another podcast. What <laughs> what? You little you little podcast whore. Just uh, just spreading your, your podcast such a, seed. That's
1: such an ugly inaccurate word. <laughs> Don't what? Come did you on. did you get to meet
0: them? Like did they did you have any banter? I haven't heard the episode yet.
1: I mean, wh- what do you want, man? Paul came up to me. He said, "Hey, man, looking good." And you know, it made me feel good about myself. You don't say that anymore. <laughs> All right? No, yeah, I, I, I he made I asked, me feel pretty. I during the Q and A for Vampires Kiss, I uh, the Nicholas Cage, the nineteen eighty nine Nicolas Cage classic, classic. I, I, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have a if, if if you if you have a membership, so you can stream it. Otherwise, it's kind of hard to get on DVD every other, other place, but I, rec- I highly recommend Vampire's Kiss. It is so good, buddy. Okay? Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I getting through to you, <laughs> Alba?
0: I hope people uh, yeah. get that reference.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, so I got up and asked a question in the in the show uh, during the audience Q&A. Yeah? Did, did you crack a joke, anything like that?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. Because I feel really. like you wouldn't have, really? Because I feel like you well, wouldn't no, have wait. missed an opportunity well, to be funny. Well,
1: well, Paul said, give us your best Nick Cage ABCs impression. ABCs? Because that's where he goes. A,
0: B, C, D, E. Okay, yeah. yeah.
1: So then, like, some people were like, A, B, C. And I went, W, X, Y, Z. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I asked my question because, you know, it turns Very good. out... good. You know your alphabet. Yes. <laughs> Very good, Peter. You know your alphabet. <laughs> I t- I watched that movie three times in the run-up because it's so good.
0: <laughs> it's so good. Well, insane. Well, you know what? Since we're on the topic, tell us more about your L.A. trip that you were on last week.
1: Oh, good. Yeah, it was sweet. Went to L.A. and uh, Anaheim, of course. Anaheim? Anaheim. Yes. Isn't it just Anaheim? <laughs> uh, it's Anaheim. Why are you... Why are you putting the uh, the Jewish in it? Oh, that's funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> I did go out to Cantor's when I was over there in L.A. Uh, the Cantor's Deli on Fairfax. Really oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great, man. Went to the Peterson Automotive Museum. Oh, my God. Dude, do you love Bugatti cars? For the purposes of... Uh, Moving the conversation forward, damn straight I do. Oh my God, bro. Then you're going to love the exhibit they have there, The Art of Bugatti. Seriously, some beautiful fucking cars, man, from the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Some of them owned by like Middle Eastern princes back in like the 30s and everything. Oh God, it's probably worth how many millions of dollars? Oh, I want it right now. Do you have any spare cash on you? Do you have petty cash? That much petty cash? Does the show have the petty cash? That might
0: exceed the show's budget for
1: you to buy a Bugatti. Damn it. All right. Um, that went to LACMA, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Really, really great stuff. Yeah. A lot, a lot of cool exhibits. I highly recommend. If you're if you if you're a listener in Southern California, you probably don't need me to tell you to go to these places, but go. If you're visiting Los Angeles, go to LACMA. Oh my God, it's so amazing. Also, a lot of good food trucks outside.
0: I feel like you could be like the spokesperson for the LA Tourism Bureau.
1: And by the way, I was honored. Do you know what happened while I was over there? What happened? It rained. Oh, well, then, then, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. L.A.'s
0: going through a terrible drought like you. I'm surprised they didn't like pay you to stay there. Yeah, you are the bringer of rain. They should because you always talk about how like you want to get an apartment in L.A. and live there. The city of L.A., like Eric Garcetti should uh, authorize Eric
1: Eric Garcetti, whose voice is like every one minute over the loudspeaker at LAX. Oh, there you go. Hi, I'm Mayor Eric Garcetti. Welcome to Los Angeles International Airport. I think. Mayor Garcetti should
0: authorize some city funds to pay for you to have a very nice place to live in L.A.
1: solely because you bring rain. Ooh, I like that. We could work this angle.
0: We could make this happen
1: for you. I should should have you be my agent in charge of this, so that way... Could you give me Malibu, maybe, please? Oh, man. I mean, normally I would think that's excessive, but for what you're
0: giving L.A., which is the water that brings life, I feel like Beverly Hills could even be... Okay,
1: you're thinking more inland Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah. Okay. all right, I see what you're well, doing maybe, there. Maybe,
0: maybe Malibu and Beverly Hills, because maybe sometimes you want to be out by the beach if you're feeling beachy, but right. you, know, you want to be inland sometimes too, because traffic can be tough.
1: Right? Yeah, I see what you're saying, man. That you gotta like maybe diversify. That's right. Right? Because right. like you gotta like be seen in all the LA events, right? and then you want something up in the hills too. And... Right? Yeah, man. I think I really liking this, bro. I think <laughs> I like that what you want to do for LA, Dave. Is this my LA Dave? Okay. You know, I, I like it. We've got a trifecta going between the hills, the Malibu and, and the Beverly Hills. That's right. I mean, that's great. I mean, now, do you think to stay humble, I should get a place in Los Feliz? I think so. You yeah, know, yeah. just just to, just to give back, right? People, people
0: want to know that you're still kind of in touch with the common right. man. Right.
1: That's, that's what I've been saying this whole time, Ryan. <laughs> that's what I've been trying to get across <laughs> on this show, okay? That we're here for the common man, you and me and me, right? Right. Oh, right. Are you going to
0: get some place for yourself? Um, Maybe I can live in one of your 14 places that you're going to get because you can
1: fix the drought in L.A. That's going to be kind of tough, buddy. Really? Uh, I already promised my yoga guy uh, he can have... The place in Malibu, like on the weekends, if he needs it. Because he's he's a he's a writer, right? Oh oh right. He's, he's working on this script, buddy. It's really good. I should send it to you sometime. Anyway, I think we should end this bit. Okay. <laughs> um
0: uh, but to get in touch with the Break the Business <laughs> podcast, uh, you can email the show at breakthebusiness@gmail.com at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R. Follow Dave on Twitter at Metal Dave85. Yes. So I was recently bragging to you yes, that I am as you usually do quickly approaching 700 followers. Ooh. I'm very excited for that. You, however, oh fuck you have still appeared to stall just short of 100 followers. Listeners, can we help Dave out here? He's Why a do you have funny to bring Twitter. Why didn't well, bring it up? Because this is a problem that needs to be solved. We're in the problem-solving business
1: you and me. And you're a great follower. we you Your... talk about? We're lawyers. We do the opposite. That's true. We also, but, um, we create and solve problems. Oh, did, did you see? What was it? November 4th was a national or Friday was National Love Your Lawyer Day. I saw that. That's stupid. I mean, come on, ABA. I'm well, like, that's a, wasn't it then that made that up? Hey, guys, let's make National Love Your Lawyer Day. Even I think that's dumb. You apparently <laughs> seem to love the false praise that came in. Didn't, I, don't, I don't remember anybody loving me on Love Your Lawyer Day. I
0: didn't realize it was Love Your Lawyer Day until like 11.55 p.m. that night. And I was like, oh, crap. I missed out on a
1: day of adoration. I think the guy you've been working with lately, though, probably sent you a bill on that day. Most likely, yes. From the way you made it sound, <laughs> this guy you're working with. Um,
0: <laughs> so you can also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And
1: we very, very much hope yeah. that you do. I, I, by the way, yeah, I love all the listeners, right? Yeah. I I obviously want you to listen to as many episodes if as as you can. Yeah. If you are new, you don't really need to go all the way back to one and continue on. I've been seeing on Twitter a lot of people just go are actually going to the beginning. Yeah. And well, I find that that's very sweet and I love it. And again, like we, we want,
0: there are people who are telling us they're, they're like, oh I got into your podcast I'm starting on episode one. Yeah. And this is episode sixty. Yeah. A lot's happened. I know, but that's you don't you don't don't
1: appreciate that. I appreciate that. That's if assuming they get all the way through to the end, that's sixty more downloads for us. That's great. That that is great. I mean, but it's funny because it's not like you haven't been progressing in order since you know episode one. Like, all right, today we're going to do step one to starting your career as an independent artist, and then if you've missed like steps ten through fifteen, you're screwed. Yeah, like it's you know we're not we're not Game of Thrones. Like, you don't need
0: to. Like you don't need to you know, follow it chronologically. You can jump in at any time. But if you are the kind of person that wants to get all 60 episodes and watch them from the beginning, I appreciate that. You're just going to have to get through the first couple episodes where we're still trying to find our footing
1: a bit. Oh, it's it's almost completely different. Yeah. But the show that when it started is like nothing what it is today. I feel like we gave a lot more advice back then. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: slowly with each passing week, you found it a way to just insert more jokes and less well, music industry advice. I mean... How, how long is your book? Uh, about 230. Okay, so it's a finite thing. That's right. It's not infinite. Well, yes, but the the, the advice that you can give to help indie artists yes, move their right. careers yes. forward yes. is yes. infinite. Now, yes, 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 now yes. That's right. You're
1: right. let me, let, let's sort of... You're the Doctor Strange of... <laughs> 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 you're unlocking uh, new planes of uh, <laughs> independent artists' in existence. Damn, damn strange. Ooh, I, that's a... We should put that in the second edition. What should we put in the second that, edition? That, I'll make it out of blurb.
0: Oh, there you You're go. You're the Dr. Strange of this. I'll take it. Um, so let me just do some music industry stuff. And then, oh, see, you got me, got me all screwed up because we started talking about LA and your podcast and now I'm all backwards. So coming up in the next segment, Leanne Regala is joining us. She's great. She's a musician. She's also a consultant and the founder of Make Creativity Pay. Mm-hmm. It's a platform and a podcast all about helping artists you know, make money off their creative passions. She's really inspiring. You're gonna find out why when oh, you. Oh, uh,
1: I I can't wait to hear her regala us with some tales of her, her I even, success. I don't even
0: want to do it. I don't even want to do it. I just. Uh, oh. Thank you. Oh, okay, so she's coming up in the next segment. But first, uh, just a couple pieces of housekeeping. As we mentioned last week, digital tour bra- I, I had trouble digital saying tour this. Digital tour bus. I had trouble saying this name last week too. I kept calling it digital tour bust Digital tour bus is having <laughs> okay. a promotion right now in which they're giving away free signed copies of my book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, Dude. as well as Ariel Hyatt, who we had on last week, uh-huh. her new book, Crowd Start: The Ultimate Guide to a Powerful and Profitable Crowdfunding Campaign. Nice. So, yeah, you can enter in. I think the contest is going for a few more weeks, so you can still jump in. I think there's about, got about 300 wow. entrants so far. People and, really want and, to get these books. And a signed copy of Break the Business.
1: That's right. Signed by who? I mean, me. Oh. Not as exciting. So, oh, shoot. So they're... I thought maybe you are going to say, like, Joe DiMaggio or Derek Jeter or, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> or Chuduel uh, Edgewafor. Who? He was also in Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Oh, is he the... Okay, got it. All right, so... Yeah. yeah, all right. no, just all right, me, fine, but, just Ryan. But hey,
0: there's there's a few hundred people who have signed up for this, so apparently it's something nice. that is interesting, people. I don't know if it's because Ariel's book is the one that's selling it not me, but either way, you can win both our books.
1: Hey, you, you take it, even, even if you're the opening act.
0: All right. Um,
1: Although Ryan opens for nobody. That's right.
0: So let's talk about video. Let's do it. So that's, uh, but but it's going to be a little entertainment legally. So I think this is, uh, so I think uh, we can play you this. You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betray the law. law.
1: Thank you, Mr. Asante. Did you notice it's back on Netflix? I did. I was just
0: about to call you out on that. You jumped on my line here. Yes, uh, we are talking a little bit of entertainment law here. And it's funny that we get to play the Judge Dredd clip because I was watching Netflix this morning. Only to find out that uh Judge Dread has popped up in my recently played and we
1: share a Netflix password, so explain yourself. See, I thought you should explain yourself. Because I started watching it last night but fell asleep. Uh-huh. And then I turned it off. But then when I woke up this morning, the red bar was all the way done. It was done and it started streaming over from the beginning. And I think you watched it. I did not. Well, you mean your wife or the dog? Someone. The dog. Our, my, my puppy watched Judge Dredd. Someone yes. had access to your account and watched Judge Dredd. But don't deflect. Why were you watching Judge Dredd? <laughs> because it's Judge Dredd. It's awesome. <laughs> and I want to see Armand <laughs> DeSante and the Insaneness. And also, Diane Lane. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> All right. So
0: anyway, uh, so let's talk about videos, specifically cover
1: videos. Um,
0: it's cover no, videos? Yeah. Like a cover letter? YouTube cover video. So right. it's no secret that many DIY artists, Dave... Like to move their careers forward by covering the songs of other artists ah, as a okay. YouTube video. Yes, in fact, many artists have used that the YouTube cover video as a way to you know kind of launch their careers. Uh, somebody like Justin Bieber comes to mind, who basically made himself who he is today by covering other artists on YouTube. Uh, Carmen is another artist that's done this. Grace and Chance. Uh, the list goes on. Um, but you got to be careful when you do this, uh, the legal status of YouTube cover videos for those of you listeners out there who don't know, because you know, many of the artists listening probably have made a YouTube cover video from time to time or some cover video. It's unmistakably illegal. Um, there's no other, because like I hear it all the time. No, it's, it's totally okay because you know, I'm not using the actual recording. No, it's unmistakably illegal, but many DIY artists do this, but the problem is, if you're making a video performing somebody else's copyrighted song, you need a license to do that. Specifically, a synchronization license. Right. Um, so many of the artists obviously don't get that license because it would cost a uh, giant pile of money, mm-hmm. and that you know many artists don't have. And plus, most of these publishing companies, if you're just some unknown kid who wants to cover a you know some music you know some other artist song, they're gonna be like, "Who are you? Go away, little boy, little girl." Yeah,
1: they're not gonna go after the person strumming the acoustic guitar in the room on a homemade video because. In the law, you follow the pockets. There's no pockets. That's there. right. And so, well,
0: and so many artists, you're probably wondering, is there a way for me to do cover videos without running afoul of the law? And there is. Um specifically on the YouTube platform, there is a platform known as We Are the Hits. Mm-hmm. This is a cool, cool thing. and it's, it's an example of like the private sector kind of solving a problem in copyright law, right? And it's always nice to see. We are the hits is this platform that has struck deals with most of the major publishing companies to allow artists to make YouTube cover videos. Basically, you you go to We Are the Hits, you obtain the license through We Are the Hits to make this YouTube video, you upload it through their platform, and it's free to the artist. Basically, what happens ah, is We nice. Are the Hi- Yeah, I know. We Are the Hits sticks a commercial in the video. And if it makes some money, you know, because it gets a lot of hits, you know, the video gets a lot of views, the creator gets paid and the owner of the song gets paid. Oh, nice. So everybody wins. Nice. Um, And so it's awesome. It's a free to use platform. You go to wearethehits.com. It's it's good because it solved a problem in the industry. Now, We Are The Hits is not infinite. It, It doesn't cover you in all situations. For example, it only applies to cover videos. You cannot just replay the original sound recording. So, like, you know, you can't you can't use We Are the Hits to play the actual song, like actual recording, the actual record. Mm-hmm. You can only do your own cover of that song yeah, that through We sense. Are the Hits. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing is that We Are the Hits has solved a problem, but like anything else, the world is changing mm-hmm. and technology is advancing and consumer tastes are changing. And so now what the what the kids are doing these days isn't making cover videos through YouTube, right. they're uploading directly to Facebook and Twitter's video platforms. That's right. Yeah, you're not really
1: publishing on the YouTube site now. Now it's just your profile That's page. That's
0: right. On, on Facebook and Twitter, you can now just say, upload video, you can record a video right through Facebook, and so many DIY artists will, oh, I'm going to play a guitar right through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And now you're back to the same problem again. You're back in unmistakably illegal land because... <laughs> We Are The Hits only applies to YouTube videos. And right now there is no We Are The Hits type platform for Facebook and Twitter uploads. Mm -hmm. And so as an artist, you got to be careful. And this has become particularly an issue in the last couple of months because Universal Music, for whatever reason, actually, I kind of think I know the reason, but they've gone notice and take down happy. Like they've just started taking down... You know, Universal Music's publishing arm has started taking down Facebook cover songs from DIY artists left and right. And I think part of the reason might be because Universal and all the major labels are currently in talks with Facebook to create a licensing scheme uh, to allow like their music videos to be played on Facebook with some licensing being paid. Uh And so they're starting to take down these cover videos on Facebook to kind of strong arm Facebook into making a deal. Like, make a deal with us to license our music videos, or we're going to keep going
1: after your independent content creators. Wow. Yeah. Actually, isn't it been, like, the last few weeks, it seems there's been an uptick in lawsuits? Or in mean, it's a little bit different, but it seems like uh, infringement lawsuits, like, is it, isn't there one against Bruno Mars right now? Yeah. For uh, Uptown Funk, and there's also, I think, another pretty major one. It seems like they're now starting to come, maybe I'm just noticing it more to do the show, but it seems like, I don't know, like... The last few weeks, there's been a heck of an uptick in activity. Um, I don't think it's just
0: because you're noticing it more. I do think that that is actually a real phenomenon that you're identifying. And part of what's happening there is more, and this is sort of, you know, only tangentially related to music videos, but I think it's an important point nonetheless, Mm -hmm. is owners of songs and sound recordings, labels and songwriters have been emboldened by blurred lines. Uh, They saw that somebody got $21 million and now every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry that has a song that kind of sounds like something else out there sees a quick payday because now they're saying, because now, because it used to be before Blurred Lines, you know, many of these big artists would say, well, you know what, I'm going to take you to trial because I think I'm going to win. And now they see that not only can you lose, but you can lose the tune of eight figures. Right. And now it's like, OK, let's go hide under our rock and settle everything. So many of these people who are suing Bruno Mars mm-hmm. and Ed Sheeran. Um, Ed Sheeran, that's that's another a another example. Yeah. yeah. Um, they might be more scared and might think, OK, let's just go get a quick payday. You know, let's just settle. And now all these, you know, other people out there, all these plaintiffs are thinking, oh, I'm going to get a quick payday. It's almost like patent trolls. Um yeah, copyright trolls. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I completely agree. And and you know my feelings on this. I think that um the more that we sort of allow, you know, I mean Blurred lines set a terrible precedent, which is that, you know, if your song is reminiscent of something else that's on the radio, right, that can be enough to convince twelve jurors that it's copyright infringement. And ultimately, the whims of juries can depend on whether or not the jury likes that artist or not. Like, the jury really likes you know, uh, Led Zeppelin, so Led Zeppelin yeah. won its copyright suit. And, and spirit, yeah. juries don't like Robin Thicke, and so Robin Thicke lost his copyright suit. Because I can't tell any difference between those two cases.
1: Yeah, and we even did an episode on it, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, anyway, but yes, I, I think there is a much more litigious copyright environment out there. Hmm. Which makes it all the more important that we can find ways in the market to kind of create a more efficient licensing scheme that's fair to content creators. And so until that happens, you know, right. because so bring it back to uh, video. We don't have a, we are the hits for Facebook and Twitter. So the right. advice to give to you out there, DIY artists, if you want to stay on the right side of copyright law is stick to using, we are the hits and uploading your videos through YouTube. If you want to make cover videos. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put those videos on Facebook and Twitter, you can upload, you know, you can put your YouTube links On Facebook and Twitter, just don't use Facebook and Twitter's video platform directly.
1: Does We Are the Hits have a specific catalog of available licensed material, or is it? Do they make a deal with UMG, Warner, and Sony for like everything of of
0: theirs? It is. I mean, yeah, basically, it's 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 an extensive catalog. We Are the Hits claims to have like ninety five percent of you know major songs. Oh, okay. And I've gone on the site before, and like I've just sort of played around and be like, oh, do they have this song? Do they have that song? And I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of the time they have it. No, it's, it's a, it's okay. a, it's, you're not going to get frustrated with it. You're not going to be like, oh, they don't have any of my favorite songs. You know, it's not going to be one of those things where like, like you used to see this in the old days of iTunes where, mm-hmm. you know, you could buy, like if, if your favorite artist had it, you know, if you wanted to buy your favorite artist downloads, you could get like all of their songs except for their really big songs, which you had to like buy the whole album to get. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not happening here. Like
1: that's it's right. A, that was the model. Yeah. Right. It yeah. wasn't
0: terrible, but no, <laughs> we are the hits actually has a pretty great selection. So if you're going to make YouTube cover videos and you want to do it in a way that's not going to cost you money. And in fact, if you can create a good cover video it might actually make you a little bit of money, mm-hmm. check out, we are the hits, but please do not upload video cover videos straight through Facebook and Twitter until the industry finds a way to, you know, sort out these licensing issues. All right, uh, Leanne Regala coming up next. Keep it locked to the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business, Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back to the Break the Business Podcast. She is a musician, entrepreneur, and founder of Make Creativity Pay, a platform that helps artists make a living from their creative passion. She is also the host of the Make Creativity Pay Podcast and provides consulting and coaching services to help artists build their income streams. You can find out more about her work by visiting makecreativitypay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Leanne Regala is on the Break the Business Podcast. Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. I uh, really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate having you here. This is going to be great. Uh, you know, a lot of artists that, we ha- uh, that listen to this podcast, they're doing great things in their music career. They're even achieving quite a bit of popularity. But the toughest step for them to climb is just turning that popularity into dollars. So I'm glad we have you on here, you know, the expert on making your creativity pay. And uh, it's going to be great to have you help shed light on that very tough step for artists to overcome. Uh, First, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your career trajectory? Give us the bullet points on how you went from how you got started to where you are now, which is helping creative people uh, monetize their creativity.
2: Well, I I found a question a little bit amusing, I have to say, because I would never ever claim that I had a career trajectory. Um, so much <laughs> of this was just like I never expected things to end up the way they did. But I think probably a lot of people listening can can relate to that. But um, I started I mean, I learned music as an adult. So it's not like it's not like I had this dream since I was a kid or anything. Um I wanted to play guitar, that's all I knew knew. But um, you know, long story short, I I um uh you know started to learn guitar as an adult. I have always been Now ad-
0: I have to ask, when you say as an adult, how adult are we talking here? I was thirty. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Serious? Wow. <laughs>
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I'm 31. (laughs) (laughs) I knew a few chords, um, you know, when I was in grade school, but my family never had, you know, money for lessons and I could learn a little from books, but I wasn't that talented. And I had, I just had a lot of interests and I, I could strum a few chords. That's all I could do. But I started seriously after I finished grad school and all that. Then I I thought, yeah, I'm going to do this for fun. Um man it's never too late that's no, inspiring No No and I love love I love teaching adults to play because I totally get it you know what I mean I I just I know their challenges I, anyway Um but uh yeah so uh, I um I was always a teacher and trainer in my day job work life And um, I told one of my guitar teachers, I said, you know, I wish I had started this a lot sooner because if I had, I would be teaching guitar. And he told me, he said, look, all you have to know is one thing more than the person you're teaching and you can start teaching guitar. And so that's what I did. And I wasn't really very good. And, And I say this, but, you know, I have friends who have Built like amazing businesses on the same thing. Like they could barely play themselves and they started teaching like brand new beginners. The thing is, you just don't know how much you really do know and how much you can help people. So I just stayed a few steps ahead of my students. And I'm, well, I'm
0: sort, I, I'm sort of imagining you teaching guitar, and uh, one of your students is like, you know, I'm really loving uh, learning guitarly, and I, I almost want to kind of kind of go faster. What if I just, you know, do the next few chapters and, uh, come back in next week and you're like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's stay on pace. Let's, uh, you know, take it
2: slow, take it slow. (laughs) It wasn't quite that bad, but yeah, 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 you, you know. Um, but, uh, so I, I had a teaching business for 14 years. I mean, that really just, um, that set in motion everything. Like I never imagined that I would be a songwriter and I started writing songs. I started to, I, I learned, you know, I learned to play uh, mandolin, a little bit of fiddle, uh, ukulele, um, whatever. I, I mean, so, you know, just that simple decision set off a whole chain of events, but from the business standpoint, um, so I was making money, you know, all that time I was, I was making money and, you know uh eventually raised my rates and was making pretty good money uh teaching and uh but I also had friends who were in business um creative friends different industries not all musicians and they're like you know how 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 are you do that how do you do this um how do you set up a website that attracts people how do you do your marketing how do you get students how do you you know this and that how do you fill workshops and so i was kind of working with people one-on-one. And, you know, I, I, I had also always wanted an online business and, um, it just seemed like a natural fit. Um, when I decided that I wanted to launch a blog that it would be, you know, make creativity pay because I had had all this experience and I had already been advising people, um, on, you know, on how to make better money. So that's kind of the, short story. Wow.
0: I, I have a feeling that this, in addition to being informative, this interview is going to be a little inspiring too. <laughs> um, I hope so. To, you know, to be able to do something like that later in life, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. Especially in a music industry that's, that's, that's youth obsessed to a fault uh, to be able to to do the things you've done. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, so let's talk about make creativity pay. Uh, what does this platform do?
2: Um, basically I, you know, And, and I'm, I'm a writer now as well, because my blog launched that side of my, my, my business. But um, there's so much similarity between, um, you know, artists, writers, musicians, whether you're a crafter, whatever it is that you're doing. um, So many of the same questions, just like, like I said before, you know. Uh, everybody wants to know how to market. Everybody wants to know how how to sell things. Everybody wants to know how to reach a bigger audience. How, what should I be doing with social media? There's so much similarity. There's there's differences, obviously. And you know, if if somebody's going to ask me specific questions about you know art galleries or whatever, you know, I have. I have friends that I can refer, you know, those questions to, uh, who are, who are also coaches. But if you're looking at the business side and like how to build, uh, an income, um, there's just pretty much a basic foundation that everybody has to have in place. And, you know, that's kind of what I help people with. And then I have more advanced, more, you know, intermediate, advanced people as well. And, um, you know, we're able to brainstorm and, you know, sometimes you just get a different perspective, um, and something that you hadn't thought of before that opens up, you know, a new door for you. So that's kind of what I help people with.
0: I love it. Um, I want to talk a little bit about promotion now. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, you know a centerpiece in trying to you know monetize your creativity. Uh, you've said on this uh, on your website that one of the more pervasive uh, pervasive excuse me myths in uh, trying to promote yourself as an artist is this idea that you have to be everywhere. You have to be creating pages on every kind of social media. You have to be on every platform. Uh, you said this is a myth. Why is this not true in your view? And what should be artists? What should artists be doing instead?
2: Well, it, it's not just my view. You you will hear other coaches uh, saying this now. And um, really, I think that th- today it's so easy to just chase the next, like, solution you know oh this is Instagram is going to save uh, you know it's going to solve all of my problems or, or whatever whatever you know um, Pinterest if I I don't know for musicians but hey let's say I have you know photos from my you know performances or whatever yeah I'll, I'll stick them up there and um, it may be true the 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 decision though is not to be everywhere the the decision comes from where is your audience hanging out. You have to go to where your people are. That's the that's the primary um, platform that you should be on. And there are ways. It's too complicated. Not It's not complicated. It's a little too long of an explanation for me to get into, but there are ways that you can research that and find out. Uh, but uh, you have to go where your people are. And then the second thing is Um, you know, I have clients who hate Facebook. Now, Facebook is huge and Facebook is huge for musicians, it's huge for other uh, artists. Um, But if you absolutely hate Facebook, I'm not going to force you to go on, nobody's going to force you to go on Facebook. But the thing is, is that it takes, it takes such a long time to learn to master, truly master interaction on one social network that you end up spreading yourself way too thin and you don't end up doing a good job on any of them if you try to be everywhere. So I'm on Twitter. I like Twitter. But the fact is, is that I've never truly gotten in to Twitter. And so um, although I've made some really good connections and things like that on Twitter, um, it's not the best use of my energy. Um, and that the thing is, is that if you slap a profile up on wherever, whatever social network, and it's, you know, um, not well done. Um, if it's, uh, you know, I don't know, can I say (laughs) half-assed? No, of course, of course. Okay. All right. I, I should have asked you that before, but yeah, if 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 it's half assed if you're not checking in if you don't engage with people then it's it's almost a detriment to have a profile out there you're best to concentrate on the one or two networks that you know that you're going to be engaged that you're going to really you know do well on and that you're going to be excited um, to be involved in and, and really concentrate on growing, you know, your audience there. So that's the reason why I say that.
0: Oh, it's true. And and even the and in terms of picking the the social platforms that you love, something that artists have told me all the time is. You really do have to love it because even on the platforms you love, there are going to be days where you just don't feel like using the platform. Absolutely, and yeah. You got and and you have to be able to at least appreciate the power of that platform enough that you're willing to tough through those days where you maybe you just don't have anything to tweet about. <laughs> and, right, 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 right. Um. So let's get so you know let's get specifically into sort of talking turkey. And I know that you're going to probably say there are a hundred answers to this question, and so I'm yeah. being a little unfair with it, but Um, can you give me some of the biggest mistakes that you see artists repeatedly make when trying to make a living from their creativity? Where are they getting tripped up?
2: I think that some people say that they hate marketing or, you know, there's a whole misunderstanding about marketing, but I think that we need to reframe that whole conversation to um, just simply building relationships people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. I mean, we know that. And if you're in an online business, if you're running a podcast, if you're, you're, you hear this 10 times a day every day, okay? But artists really have to get that. Like, there is no difference between your interaction on social media or on your blog or in email. There's no difference between that and when you're talking, like, face-to-face with somebody. And so there has to be... An understanding of this, there has to be a whole lot more um, thought and concentration about building, you know, real legitimate relationships with your fans, no matter where you are. And don't think of it as marketing. Um, think of it as just like when you're on stage on a show, you're trying to connect, you know, with one person. Uh, You're trying to make that person laugh, you're trying to make them clap, you're whatever you're trying to do. You're doing the same thing online. There's this feeling that we're disconnected because we're looking at a screen instead of a person's face, but there's a person on the other side. And that's where we have to switch the mindset, I guess.
0: That makes uh, perfect sense. Like just think of it as, you know, just virtual networking and yeah. building that audience, and something that we've talked about on past episodes, uh, Leanne, is the you know the most important thing that you need to do to succeed in this music and in, in this new music industry is building strong relationships. It's not as much about getting a tiny piece of money from many many fans, but rather it's building a strong relationship with fewer fans that are willing to spend a lot more money on you and you're only yes. going to get that money if you build relationships that are frankly just more than the fact that they appreciate the last song you put out right exactly uh, and you know that can be a can be quite a challenge Um, in terms of monetizing I've also had a few guests that have talked about the importance of email lists. Um, oh, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, I, I already see you kind of smiling and <laughs> I, I tell you, you know, many artists that I, uh, that I've worked with, including some of the younger ones don't do email lists cause they think it's, it's the old technology. It's, you know, putting out the, uh, you know, the, the bullet, you know, the, uh, what the, what they call it, like a sheet of paper at the concert. Hey, put your mailing list here. And, and they think that's old technology and that it's, you know, Facebook is where it's at, but why are email lists still important?
2: Email lists are still 10 times more powerful than um, Facebook, any other social network.
0: Take that, Zuckerberg.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, email is where the money is. And the reason why, and I even had, I was in a workshop a couple of months ago where I had somebody who, who was saying, oh, well, you know, bands, they're, they're just doing text messages now. But you can't build a, re- you can, you can remind somebody that your show's coming up on Friday night, but you can't build a relationship through text and, um, and you can't drive people to your website. I mean, you, you can, but it's not, it, it's not as powerful. And, um, the money is in your email list. It still is. And the reason is why, because email is personal Um, It's one-on-one. So it's not being blasted to a a list that people may or may not be seeing on their Facebook feed or on their Twitter feed. Um, It's not, it's, it's one-on-one people. The statistics are there. People still um, check email daily. They still open almost all of their emails and they act on those emails. And, um, that that's the way that you can. It's the best way to keep in touch, and and that is still the way um, to to drive sales. So,
0: um, uh, thank you. I, I I'm gonna just keep interviewing uh, industry experts like you, and just get, <laughs> get them to continue repeating the fact that email lists are important until the the young artists finally uh, start listening. Um, Here's something I want to ask you that is not only near and dear to, you know, the artists that are listening, but it's also something that I would probably uh, personally gain from myself. Uh, Your platform talks a little bit about uh, time management and, you know, getting the most hours out of your day. And, you know, many artists tell me they want to take steps forward in their career, but they just can't find the time. Uh, Are there any tips you can give uh, to the folks listening out there on just how to improve your time management, how to get more hours in your day?
2: Yeah. That's another really big topic. Um, I think you
0: have 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In general, in general, Uh. people need to stop thinking about time management. Number one, it's energy management. So it's like, when are you at your best and when can you do your best work and how can you structure your life so that you have the energy and, you know, you can, you can look at your day. You can do kind of a time inventory. You can figure out how much time you're spending, um, watching Netflix, um, playing video games. I mean, this is, this is advice that we have all heard a million times, but you got to cut the crap out of your life. Number one. Um, and that's just, you know, how dedicated are you? And for musicians, I mean, a big thing for me is, you know, watch how much time you're spending on a bar stool, because I know so many musicians, and they're out and they're, I'm networking, I'm building. Yeah, that's all good, and you have to do some of that. But you know, I have so many friends who are so talented, and yet they're out at open stages or their jam nights or their whatever, um, and yet I personally know that they have uh, tens or hundreds of songs that are sitting that they never get around to recording and getting out. So it's it's looking at what you're spending your time and your, your energy on and just shift a little bit more to something that, you know, is an asset for you, something that, um, uh, that you can build, you know, a career on. Um, so that's first. But the energy management just... Um, you know if if you're running all the time over scheduled, you know look at that and and start start cutting, start saying no to people um you know but and when you're young, people don't care about this so much, but trust me <laughs> it starts it starts you 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 start to get it after a while um you know take care of yourself, eat right, exercise because if you're running on empty all the time. Um, you're not going to do your best work. You're not, you're not going to get the important work done. Oh. And yeah, I think that those are my best.
0: Are there any resources or tools that, uh, you use with your, t- uh, time management to manage your day?
2: Uh, geez. As a matter of fact, I, well, I, I'm kind of pitching a book on that right now. Um,
0: Oh, well then, uh, please give us all your tricks for free if you could. (laughs) No,
2: no, it's not that it's, it's like, there's just, (laughs) there's so many that, that I could write a book on it, but, but it was exactly, it was exactly what I just said. It was kind of like looking at my day, seeing where I was wasting time Mm -hmm. and just cutting stuff like that out, saying no, um, you know, to people who want uh, a little piece of your time here and there, or just want you to drop what you're doing and, and, and run off and, and do something for them instead. Uh, you just have to get really, really focused. Um, uh, you know, I do things like if, if anybody's ever heard of the Pomodoro technique. So, you know, if you've got, let's say you've got a, you want to write, um, a blog post or you want to do some marketing or you want to, um, work on songs or whatever. Um, you know, you might find that you just, you you intend to do this X work and then, you know, you end up wasting, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes on YouTube or something. Yeah. Um, we, we call that the the Ryan Carella work day. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the Pomodoro is, uh, you can P-O-M-O-D-O-R-O uh, technique is pretty common and it's just Focusing, you you set a timer and you focus and you start out with little blocks of time like 20, 25 minutes and then you can work up to something like 50 minutes and you get so much more done just by focusing completely for one hour um, than you do by sitting there for four hours and um, flipping between, you know, different tasks and, and getting distracted and, and whatever. So, you know, give yourself... A block of time, set a timer, focus on only that one thing. And I guarantee that, you know, the stuff that's not getting done, it'll start to get done.
0: Because I, I guess I, I imagine that, you know, in terms of time management, you lose a lot of time just in the transition from YouTube to your work, back to YouTube, just, you know, those little, those little transitions, like, you know, are probably yeah. where you can just, you know, become very inefficient.
2: Yeah. Our brains are actually not meant to multitask. I mean, we're not, we're not good that way. So, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yep.
0: you're really laying some hard truths on me I'm here sorry. And, <laughs> and, and, and you're coming after
2: my Netflix,
0: which, you know, I, <laughs> oh, I, I have a Netflix. passionate
2: adoration for. Just... No, I love Netflix, oh, but I have, you know, I have, I have times for that. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um, I, I want to go completely off base here because I did see this on your website and uh. It is something that I'm genuinely curious to hear about. And it is so important because as I've written in my book about this, uh, making a living in the new music industry, uh, it's hard to make it work. It's hard to make the money work if you don't do live performances. But for many people, this doesn't come naturally to them. And you've written a little bit about how to overcome stage fright and you actually do counseling, uh, for this, for, uh, people, uh, can you yeah. i and mean, and granted, you know, I'm sure your your time is very expensive when you get this counseling, but could you give us any free advice on on how you can overcome stage fright?
2: I think uh, yeah, and it's it's not hard, um, it's a little bit of training, it's a little bit of practice, but um, there's a couple of couple of things you could do first off, be prepared, you know it, a lot of the fright comes from the fact that you know in the back of your mind that you're just not ready. Okay. So, so practice, you know, for Pete's sake, um, work it out. Imagine, you know, do, do these, take these little steps It sounds silly and some musicians really, really hate to do it. But the biggest thing, um, you know, for conquering fear is, is preparation. Um, and another thing is just, it's really kind of acceptance and this kind of starts getting into some woo woo kind of stuff, but it works. So, you know, just take a deep breath and look and see what's happening. Like, um, for a while I went through a phase. I didn't think that I was afraid being on stage, but my hands were shaking and I didn't know why. And, uh, people, this manifests itself different ways. And, and the thing is, is just kind of distance yourself from it and say, Oh, look at that. My hands are shaking. How interesting, you know, don't freak out about it. Don't dramatize it. Don't make it worse than it is. Say, Oh, Oh, look, look what my hands are doing to me right now. <laughs> and just, you know, take a deep breath and, um, just refocus on, you know, connecting with your audience, playing your song, playing your instrument. And, um, like I said, it's not, it's not immediate, but it's a pretty quick fix. And, you know, like I said, there's a little bit more to it, but hey, that, it might help somebody.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and again, this is something where we really want to help people out. Uh, and if there are folks out there who want uh, to benefit from your expertise on a more one-on-one basis, how can they find you?
2: Um, I'm at makecreativitypay.com, and I believe there's a link there, uh, work with me. And you can, uh, you can check out and, and find out um, what, uh, you know, how you can work with me. So I do, I do, you know, counseling, work, help, not counseling. It's not bad. That's a bad word. It's a late night.
0: I think I used that terrible word first in all things.
2: Yeah, maybe that's where I got it. I'll blame you. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can help you with the business side with marketing side, whatever you need with growing your business. But, um, I can also help musicians with, um, things like, uh, stage presence, uh, song arrangements, just, um, really taking your, um, to show to the next level. And I am certified with this from a, a guy named, uh, Tom Jackson at onstage success.com. So I studied with him for many years and, um, geez, I, you know, it made all the difference in, in my performing and songwriting career. So I highly, highly recommend that organization too. So
0: love it. Uh, Leanne, this has been the just perfect combination of inspiring with respect to your story, as well as informative with respect to the things you've had to say before we let you go. Uh, do you have any last tips for the artist listeners out there? It can be with respect to the work you do would make creativity pay, or you can even go off the board on how they can move their careers forward.
2: I just think, you know, fear, fear, um, holds a lot of people back. And if you can learn to just keep moving forward, despite the fear, that is like the best thing that, uh, well, I mean, you'll always move forward. Um, you know, if you get stuck on technical issues or I don't know how to do this or this thing, you know, I don't know how to interpret this, this contract, you know, whatever. There are experts out there that can help you with those kind of things. So don't let those things trip you up. Um, but just don't let fear, um, don't let fear rule you. Learn to act um, in spite feeling in spite of feeling afraid. You can check
0: out her website, makecreativitypay.com. Leanne Regala. Leanne, thank you so much for joining us. Please don't be a stranger. We'd love to talk to you again soon.
2: Oh, thanks, Ryan. I
0: really enjoyed it. Good luck to you. We'll be right back on the Break the Business podcast.
1: Friend of the show, John Ratzenberger here with Ryan Carella, author of Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Available on Amazon.com. Ryan, tell
0: the folks a little about the book. Well, the book's about empowering Well, artists. that's
1: fascinating, Ryan, but it's only a 15-second commercial. Thanks.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Our thanks to the super inspiring and insightful Leanne Regala for joining us in the previous segment. Check out MakeCreativityPay.com to find out more about her programming and her consulting services. You've been making fun of me during the break because I closed the first segment with Keep It Locked to the Break the Business
1: Podcast. Yeah, because, yeah, really, in a crucial break, they're going to hit scan and See what else is on the radio. That's you know, that's uh, you know what that was? It's actually the second week in a row
0: I've done that. That's uh-huh. that's my college radio. Oh, that's your W V U M? Yeah. Because we used to say, keep it locked to the voice, 90.5 W V U M. And you're What's right. Is it called for, the Voice? Yeah. Wow. The voice of the University of Miami. Oh, yeah. But you're right. It makes no sense. Like where are they going to keep it other than you know, locked to the thing that they're currently listening to? And by the way, even if they don't keep it locked, we still get credit for the download. So it's really not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, even when you say like stay tuned, it's like, yeah, they're they're around. Yeah. Yeah. Turn it yeah, turn it on and rip, rip the in. knob off. Yeah. And break
0: the business podcast. Yeah. Ryan
1: and Dave in the mornings. We would make a great morning show. I think we would. We'd make yeah, yeah. like a good show anywhere. So we should we should probably try to get on radio. Also there's more money in it. That's true. <laughs> well, anything's thing. more money than this. But <laughs> Um,
0: speaking of money-making schemes, yeah. uh, you don't know this because you didn't listen to last week's episode after I was stopped talking about you, but I talked quite a bit about the audiobook I'm putting together.
1: That's right. I saw you uh, on Twitter. You were in the booth.
0: Yeah, that was cool in a real yeah. recording studio. Nice. Um, so you didn't really hear about all uh, the frustrations I was having. It was really hard just recording. Really? Con- oh my God. It turns out like reading yeah. is a lot harder than I thought. Like reading and speaking because I-, I kept <laughs> screwing up my own words and yeah. And probably the worst part, I didn't talk about this last week, Yeah. but I had just a brutal experience with the engineer
1: I was working with. Oh, yeah. that's because um, that's, like, that's the guy you're working with yeah. throughout the entire process.
0: And I, I hate to put him on blast like this because you know, he is supposed to be really good at audiobooks, but his methods were kind of unorthodox, and I just wasn't – was I was not comfortable. But okay. and but I feel like I can't explain it that well. But luckily, I was able to get my hands on some of the raw recording footage. Oh, you got some behind the yes, scenes Yes, of me recording with this guy, and I hope he's not going to be mad that I'm like putting him on blast here. But um okay. you, you can mean, li- you can listen to this and sort of see like the frustrations. Yeah, we're not going to get in any trouble here, are we?
1: No, we'll be all right. Okay, because you get the dailies basically. <laughs> That's right. But no, no, give this a listen. You can see what I was going through. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What we got going on in here? Who do we got in here today? All right. Are uh, you, sir, or Mr. Ryan Corella? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corella. Okay. And you're here to record the audiobook for Break the Business, declaring your... Oh, jeez. Why do they always have to have such long titles? What's with the colon? Why does everyone need a colon?
0: All right. So you're here to record your book. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can hear you, by the way. Right now, right? Yeah, okay. No, I mean, I could hear you before when you
1: were upset with the length of my book's title. Jerry? The talk back button? We didn't fix this? I I told you about this a week ago. Apparently he can hear.
0: I, Look, we'll look, live with, look uh, it's okay. I mean, the studio time is expensive. I, I just kind of want to get through the audio book. Because uh, I know my listeners are excited for it, and well, I mean, it's not expensive for us. I mean,
1: for you maybe, but for us, we're fine with it. Anyway, um, yeah, your rates weren't the least bit competitive. <laughs> well, you know, hey, they don't call us A one for nothing. Is that the name of this company again? I don't remember, Jerry. All right, he's he's in a hurry. Whatever, let's go. All right, Mister Carella. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, whenever you're ready, let's just go ahead, take it from the top, um, and l- l- let's do this. Oh, fantastic. Okay uh we'll start with chapter
0: one makes sense right <laughs> all right that's good if you are reading this book you're probably interested in a career in the music industry
1: okay hold on a second right. <laughs> all right hold on one second i, I gotta uh. stop you there all right cut cut did cut. i make a mistake no 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 what you were doing was great bold choice i love it I was here's just the thing just reading <laughs> this is a funny guy um so we got some new mics in here i'm gonna need you to actually yell in order to make it seem like you're talking yell yeah, so you're going to think you're yelling, but really what I'm going to hear is just normal voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, 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 just keep what you're doing, buddy. That was really great stuff. But yell. Yes.
0: Are you sh- okay. Yeah, hey,
1: hey, 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 hey I'm, I'm the technician here. I'm the engineer, okay? Yeah, all right.
0: No, no, sure, sure.
1: Me and Jerry, we've been doing this a while. It, okay. it, just, it just seems weird is all I'm saying. You, you just read the book, and we'll we'll desert, we'll decide what's weird. You came to us, remember? Well,
0: you, you you
1: guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you. All right, make sure right. to put that on the website. Ready? All right, ready. And whenever you're ready, and go. If you are reading this book,
0: you're probably interested in a career. in oh, Okay, the... okay, yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. What was that? You you told me to be loud, so I was I was shouting. It
1: it seemed weird, but you okay. told me to. Jerry, where'd you find this guy? I know they can come to us for the services, but I thought there was some sort of screening process so we don't let any just Tom, Dick, and Harry in here and waste our valuable Uh, time. I can still hear you. What, Jerry Jerry and I are ordering lunch. So um, you want anything? Um, Yeah, actually. I think some... some Okay, that's right. Listen, I'm going to need you to take it down three notches. Jerry, three? Three notches. Like Lower? Take it down three notches. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure. And go. All right. If you are reading this book, you're probably interested in a career. Okay. In the- all right. I, I, I see what's going on here. All right. You're a practical joker. I I love jokes too, man. I told you, you take it down three. You're, you're, you took it down four. I get it. My time is not valuable to you. No, no. Honestly, I, I'm just, I, I, you want, I thought you wanted me to be
0: quieter, so I was being quieter. Jerry, did I tell this guy to be quiet. I told him to get down three notches. Why
1: doesn't this guy know the fucking lingo, Jerry? Um, I can still hear you. Um, Jerry and I were discussing our day in Catalina yesterday. Oh, that that, that sounds nice. Yeah, Catalina Island, really good stuff. Anyway, um, you know, let let's let, let let's have fun a bit. Let's let's move around. Um, and here, here's the thing, buddy. Right? Yeah. You want people to buy this, right? You want people to buy this book on tape? You bet. Yeah, book on tape, man. That's where it's at. All right. Um, give me... Why don't you read this in your best accent? Okay. Ac- and whenever you're I mean, ready. A- wait, wait, wait. Accent? Yeah, yeah. Just go ahead and read it whenever you're ready in your best
0: accent. But what... Like a, like a foreign accent? I, I mean, it should just be my voice, right? It'll be your voice, yes, but in an accent. I don't really do accents. I'm not a not an oh, accent guy. God. I kind of just have my
1: voice. Come with an accent, what, kind... sir? You didn't come to the recording with an accent? No, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> what I, what did you think was going to happen here today, Mister Correll? I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm having a hard time thinking what it is you wanted from me when you came to our studio. I thought I was just going to read my book. Do you I honestly think that's how audiobooks work? Kinda. Okay. All right. all right jerry i don't have time for this i don't have time for this okay we got a line of guys waiting to come in all right we got freaking john lithgow coming in all right about this freaking all and harry and the henderson's why do i need this guy john lithgow really i love that guy yeah it's you go out the other exit all right don't 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 try to get cute here with the waiting room stuff oh here's mr lithgow let me go with it through this way no no no. you'll notice there's an extra extra door jackass all right give me your best accent and read it that way, okay? Okay. And stop trying to challenge my authority. You're right. Sorry. It's yeah. Just, it's, you're, just, you're, it's just weird is what I'm saying. I, no. I, okay. <laughs> Buddy, I know what I'm doing here. I've been doing this for ages. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to see my credentials? I got them in the back. All right? Have you Have you ever heard of the little audiobook, Bella Lugosi's autobiography called Chitty Chitty Fang Fang? Oh, that's clever title yeah yeah you remember the middle part where he just started reading it like a straight scottish that was me buddy that was me okay look I, you know you're 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 the expert yeah we went number one in bulgaria
0: well that's that's pretty impressive
1: two in uganda well
0: it's a lot of geographic diversity okay i mean i'll try an accent it just seems weird but you're the expert go oh sorry there is one thing you must absolutely do in order to create a thriving, independent music operation. Many, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm hearing you clicking what? on the
1: talkback. That was great.
0: Damn it, Jerry. And I still feel uncomfortable with this accent. Why can't I just use my own voice?
1: Uh, I mean, do I, do you want, do you want the truth? Yeah. Your voice is awful. Oh, God. Me and Jerry have had a combined 150 years in this business, and it's the worst we've ever heard. That, that, I mean, that hurts. Uh,
0: I mean, I, I host a weekly podcast. I feel bad that I've been subjecting the listeners to this voice all the time.
1: Yeah. That, it's not good. Not well, good. Well,
0: that would explain why people
1: like my co-host more than me. Yeah, where's that guy getting in to write a friggin' book? You know what? Um, this is... Oh, God, this is taking so much time. Why don't you just... Um, just fine. Read in your regular voice, whatever. Just, just keep reading, please. Just no, keep reading, please. Just okay. Reading. Okay. There is one thing you absolutely must do in
0: order to create a thriving independent music operation. Okay, Jerry, well, Many still artists reading, ignore this task, go, okay? and they do so we're at their own leave. peril,
1: all right? I'm going to hate. Taking this action is going? more vital to your get music's career right? than years
0: of here. guitar lessons or booking a large venue gig. So yeah, it was kind of a strange experience, but
1: I'm hoping that the book's going to come out well he, anyway. I mean, I felt like he was making good points. Really? Yeah. I mean, but so you think the final product is going to be good? I do.
0: I'm excited for when it's going to come out. And I, I, I hope, you know, it's going to reach audiences that maybe don't want to read a book, but would rather have a uh, speak to them. But either I way, mean, it's be I cool. want to buy it just to see what funny voices you may have done it in. Uh, it, the, the methods are unorthodox, I hope. But I'm, I'm still confident the final product. I mean, I might be yelling in some sections and using a funny accent in some
1: sections, but it's going to be a good book. I'm I mean, that's what they're there for. The, that's what the producer slash engineer is there for to guide you and you get through the best performance that's true so i feel like it's kind of elitist of you to say oh why should why should i do this it's my book but it's their microphones mm-hmm. so they know more so you're saying
0: i, I really should have just let go yes. and let them do what they do. you should best. have
1: trusted them that's true even though you've met them for like what maybe a minute and really you're paying them you should have trusted them implicitly yeah and that's my advice to you. Oh
0: well, I'll, when I come back in for the next recording session,
1: I'll, I'll let them just let me do. I'll let them have me do whatever accents they want. Or you know, how about this tag team? You and me re- read the book together, audio. In fact, I'm now now that I'm saying it, I'm offended you didn't bring up the idea. Yeah. Like, why am I the one that to bring up the idea to insert myself into this? That that doesn't even go far enough. How about instead of just like alternating like human speaking?
0: How about we alternate words? I was just like I that say a right word, now. you say a word. Yeah, yes. People are gonna like that. It's
1: Like if. You have a book. I don't. Know. <laughs> Sorry. Is that, I thought you were going to say, isn't the first line of the book if you bought this book? I don't remember what the words in my book are. Wow. A real author knows. That's true. A real author. Well,
0: you know, fake
1: author over yeah. here. Well, speaking of that strange. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. <laughs> what? This transition. That's no, a no, great transition. Finish your thoughts. That's a Go great ahead. transition. Speaking of your strange experience. I saw Dr. Strange last night. Yeah. Um, Have you seen it yet? I did. I saw it on Friday night. I didn't know that. Wait, wait. wait, wait yeah. No, I mm. didn't know that. That you saw Dr. Strange? No, I saw Dr. Strange yesterday. You saw it Friday night? That's right. You didn't tell me that. But you... Wait, are you mad because I saw it without you? Because I sent you a text which you never replied to. Hey, let's do a show field trip and see it together.
0: That's true. You did You did send me that and text. there now, was I'm now nothing. i now remembering that you sent me that text. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And because I didn't hear anything from you, I figured, well, he's got other stuff to do because he's a married man. He's doing. You saw it opening night the day before. I, I did have other stuff to do, like seeing it with my wife. You, I can't believe you, man! I can't believe you. I knew you were going to change. I knew this was going to happen. Ever since the moment I saw you like express happiness with this, with love, I'm like, oh, this is so going to be bad for me. This is not going to be good for me. It's proven itself right. right. I I really
0: should have thought solely about your feelings when making the decision to get married. Or at least reply to the text message. Yeah, but (laughs) I had a good excuse. If I would have told you that I wanted to see it with my wife instead, you would not have liked that. I would have said, okay,
1: I respect your choice. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I did see Doctor Strange, as did you. And I dropped my phone. And I'd love how, by the way, you really had kept that under wraps because you didn't like say anything about it. like, Oh, how'd you like it? Or was oh, it good? You're just kind of like, oh, so I saw Doctor strange. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. It was,
0: it was good. I wanted to save Let our discussion shuffle, uh, did some you, papers over here. Did you like Dr. Strange? Yes,
1: I did. Yeah. I, I, although it's interesting. I kind of, it was an interesting thing. I left wanting more. Which I guess is in a good way because I wanted it more in a good way, mm-hmm. but also I, f- I felt like it went by pretty fast. I think it's like an hour and fifty something odd it minutes. It was brisk. It's it, which I guess you can say is all right because you, 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 not every single freaking Marvel, you know, all the MCU movies have to be freaking two and a half hours. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty good and different. Yeah. Very different. It was different.
0: I, I mean, I like it. I like it when Marvel gets into the magical type stuff, and we won't give any spoilers out there, people. Um Except I'll say this: um, I did enjoy the movie, but uh-huh. I could
1: not get past Benedict Cumberbatch's accent. It's very interesting you say that because because I think we have seen him in so. Do you, you watch Sherlock? Right? Sure. I watch Sherlock. He's a British actor. I obviously, love him as Smaug. Yeah, you know from the Hobbit, mm-hmm. and his other stuff. Even Khan, he's got his accent. You know, in Star Trek: and The Darkness. I, I just wish he was British. I know. I know. Cause like obviously the comic book character is an American guy. I just kind of want Benedict Cumberbatch. I know. I feel like they could have had a
0: line of dialogue to explain why he has a British accent, but everybody else in the hospital doesn't like, damn it. Dr. Strange. Ever since you came over here from Oxford to be a brain surgeon, you know, you've just been a big pain in the ass the whole time. Like they could have done something to explain why he has the accent. But if you're going to have yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch in your movie, you, he has to do his accent. Like that's his selling point. Like, it would be weird, for example, to have James Earl Jones in your movie, but have him not speak. <laughs> like, you wouldn't do that. Like, the, the, you know, for Benedict Cumberbatch, like, the British accent is part of the selling point.
1: Yeah. When you have David Prowse in your movie, though, you really don't want him to speak. Who's David Prowse? Oh, see, that's a joke. That was actually the, the gentleman in the Darth Vader costume. Oh. <laughs> whose voice we don't hear. That's true. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, but I, I guess it's funny, though, because if you just have Benedict Cumberbatch with his normal voice... And he's an arrogant, know-it-all genius. Than it is Sherlock. He's Sherlock. Well, I mean, that, I mean,
0: he—he I mean, he was playing American Sherlock. In All you need at that
1: point is Martin Freeman to show up right next to him. It's like, so, Doctor Strange, uh, what's, what's what's up today? I don't know. We're a long, we're a long ways from Baker Street. Yeah. Um. I well, wait, isn't it? Was it one location, an address he looked at? Bleecker Street. Yeah, Bleecker Street. That's in New York. In New York, I know. Yeah. But that's funny because like. When he first went to it, I'm like, that's kind of weird how close that is. Bleecker Street. Bleecker Street. Street. Baker Street. Yeah.
0: So, And the other thing that bothered me about his accent is he does what a lot of British actors do with American accents, mm-hmm. where they make it too American. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole time, you know, it's like, I have to do this brain surgery now. It's like, okay, you, I mean, you're you're kind of turning it on a little too much, Benedict. Now, to be fair, American a- actors do the same thing when doing British accents. Like, case in point, when you have... Uh, uh, Renee Zellweger in British, you know, a uh, Bridget Jones's diary. And I cannot not choose between these two men. Like, you know, they they turn it on way too much. So it's it's sort of the other side of it now we're yeah.
1: seeing when Doctor Strange. Did, did you ever, did you hear him slip a little bit every now and then? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Kinda, I, kinda yes, felt, I, did. <laughs> I felt some regalness pop its way in there yeah. every once in a while. And it's funny because you have Tilda Swinton just being, I think, doing being Tilda Swinton. she was kind of doing something interesting. Chidwell Edgeworth was also just himself. Yeah. Um, I, oh, no, I, can't, I won't say anything. I will say... there's safe, What? Good save. Yeah. There was one location they were in. I'm like, oh, yay! What? Well, they went to that one place because uh, I, I spent some time there. Oh. So whenever like... Whenever, oh, right. We can't spoil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whenever there's like movies that like... Whenever you see a movie and it's like sitting there a, in a city, like you, it's like, oh, that's my place. That's my place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't... They weren't shooting there oh. when I was there. But uh, great movie. I say recommend it. Did you see... I saw it just in regular... Regular screen. I, I don't pay for 3D movies. I kind of want to see that in IMAX 3D because I feel like it could work. Yes.
0: I, 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 I don't pay for 3D movies. I don't pay for IMAX movies. But I kind of regret not doing it for this one because the visual effects were pretty spectacular. Okay. Well, I, I'm letting you know. Yeah. I'm going to see it again at some point in IMAX 3D. And I'm letting you know that I also want to see it again. And I'm very excited to take my wife with me. I'm just kidding. Jesus
1: Christ. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to you twice. Right. Well, speaking of strange occurrences,
0: Ryan. Oh, my God. Look at look at Johnny Transition over here.
1: That's my name in high school. <laughs> you don't know because you didn't go to the same high school as me. We went to different high
0: schools. That's right. And they called you Johnny Transition.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, you can't say anything about it because you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You weren't there. <laughs> That's true. I can't. I can't dispute that. You can't verify it with anyone. All right. Right, <laughs> the Cubs won the World Series. How about that? I can't believe it. That's amazing. Oh yeah. Did here, you? Here, there you go. That was where I saw you like hit the button for the applause, and then nothing happened. Because I, I yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't take. Did you actually stay up?
0: No. Ah. Uh, I even I even wrote a Facebook post about that. Where once the game went into the rain delay, I said. uh you know, let me know how this turns out in the morning, signed every casual baseball fan in the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah. And then, of course, a buddy of mine who's a big baseball fan, he's like, this is why people hate the Marlins. And so I, I, t- I tweeted back to him a picture of Jeffrey Loria and said, let this guy run your franchise for 15 years and see if you still love baseball. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I agree. Did you stay up through the rain delay? Actually, so I was going to go. I, as soon as the rain delay was going on, I'm like, okay, done. Because the, the way they made it sound on the Fox broadcast was like, this is going to be for a bit. So I'm like, screw yeah. this Buckle shit. Buckle up. This is gonna yeah. Take a while. All right. Screw this. I'm done. Whatever. And then I, I'm like in bed, basically falling asleep. And then I hear, like, I think my folks are up still kind of watching. I hear my mom say something about it. So I'm like, oh, fine. Let me just get up and turn on the TV in my room. And, you know. So then I did watch it. Oh, which is cool. Yeah. A- I will say, though, they the Fox broadcast stinks. Why? What happened? Oh, like Ken Rosenthal's a sideline reporter, and the other sideline reporters they have, sideline reporters, I mean in baseball, <laughs> um, they stink. They're so wooden and awful and no personality. You didn't think that, Ken Rosenthal? I mean, I, my, my biggest frustration was just in the booth
0: and like, hearing these, the two announcers, cause like Joe Maddon was making some very questionable managerial decisions oh, the sucks. whole game. He was terrible. Like it just goes to show you like how, how, how just random and lucky baseball is. Cause like the guy takes out his best pitcher really early in the game, leaves his closer in for like 14 innings, like on zero days rest, mm-hmm. somehow still pulls out the win. And the whole time, like the announcers had to be super polite and are just like, these are some interesting decisions by Joe Maddon. It's like, no, call him stupid. He's being yeah. stupid. Like,
1: and it's then, okay. You can you can be honest. And then, don't you think Major League Baseball has the worst trophy presentation of the major sports? Yes. They yes. take you into the clubhouse, off the field, away from all the fans. And that place—it was in Cleveland. It was like might as well have been a Chicago Cubs home game. Yeah, there were so many Chicago people. Mm-hmm. They do it off the field. They take you, you go down in the clubhouse. There's it's just the team there. There's no one else. It's in this quiet room essentially. And they just do it, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, you, you got to get on the loudspeaker, get the commissioner out, congratulations to the
0: Chicago Cubs, and then everybody cheers, but like, yeah. no, they don't do that.
1: No, no, no. They, they,
0: they need help. Well, but, I mean, speaking of, like, gatherings, though, did you? I read online that the 5 million people showed up to the Chicago Cubs championship parade or whatever. Uh, it has gone on record as the fifth or seventh largest gathering in human history. Really? Yes. That's weird. Like, you know, more people like showed up to this than like some of like ancient times things. Like, well, it's, it's it has cool. been
1: a while since 1908. Ryan, when the Cubs last won a World Series, yeah. there were 46 states in the Union. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're probably thinking, oh, maybe there's 048 because like, Alaska, Hawaii's like no, 46. Wow. New Mexico and Arizona still were not states. They weren't states. there yet in 1908? They were four wow. years away from statehood. Wow. 1912. Wow. Yes. Right. D- Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid were alive for another month. <laughs> <laughs> they could have read about it. They could have gone to the game the last time they won a game. Then they were killed in Bolivia like a month later. That's funny. Well, supposedly. That's,
0: that that might be the best one unless you got another one that's funnier. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, shoot. Theodore Roosevelt was the president for Christ's sake. That's how long ago it was. All right. Betty Davis was born. <laughs> so was James Stewart. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, Edward Har Murrow was born, all these like people. I mean, it's funny when you just look up like, you know, like all these events and everything that happened. There's also a lot of interesting stuff that happened with, with like the Chinese emperors. Emperor. <laughs> China still had emperors. Oh, well, actually that, that's true. That's essentially. China still
0: had emperors the last time it comes won the world series. That's funny. That's famous. that's right up there
1: with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid actually still being alive. Well, see, here's the funny thing. It's like, yeah, young Emperor Puyi ascends to the Chinese throne at age two. <laughs> oh, and by the way, November 25th. So again, in the intervening Times, since they won in 1908, the Christian Science Monitor is first published, the newspaper. Oh wow! Which launched thousands of reading rooms that still to this day no one knows what's inside.
0: I've like that is a very good question. What can you read in a Christian Science reading room? I don't know. It, it could just be a guy in there. <laughs> like, no one knows. You walk in and the place is empty and they're like, oh crap, we've been had. Yeah. Or like, like we, we've been found out. That the first I find out, we actually don't actually keep any books yeah. in here. Bulgaria
1: declares independence from the Ottoman Empire, <laughs> which was still a thing.
0: <laughs> the, uh, no.
1: Yes, the Ottoman no. Empire. The Ottoman Empire. Wow. Yes. Wow. Ottoman Empire. <laughs> People were still setting sail for the North Pole. Wow. Setting sail. Setting sail. For the North Pole. You know? Ooh. The Tunguska event happened in 1908. That that major like a burst meteorite thing in 19 that happened in Siberia. You don't know about this? A lot I of people not. know about this. A lot of people those okay, people can be impressed. I'm hearing people know about this. I'm right, hearing. Fair, That's enough, right fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, it's like it was like one of the most made biggest collisions, you know, of an object that hit the earth and happened uh in <laughs> Siberia. The Ottoman Empire and China still had emperors. That's funny. Yeah, oh, I love this in 1908, <laughs> the first passenger flight takes place. No with a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> a pilot and one guy first time in 1908. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah. how, wonder how that worked. Like, do you think
0: the passengers showed up early and they're like, uh, well, we'll take off in five minutes. Uh, the flight's not till three Well, I mean, we're not waiting for anybody else. We can't just put this thing in the air.
1: <laughs> just Package claim was probably really easy. I mean, it's, oh God. A
0: peaceful time at the airport you don't have to wait in line for Cinnabon. It was great.
1: Yeah, but I think probably, though, it wouldn't be great, though, for... It's like, oh, we still got five guys in front of us. This is weird. (laughs) TSA still took 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it it took him a long
0: time. Um, So I guess I'm happy for him. I do. No, as a Marlins fan and being a fan of the team that sort of, you know, moved the curse for many more years by that whole Steve Bartman game, like, I'm glad that the Cubs have finally reached this promised land.
1: Yeah, actually, this is interesting. Speaking and of anything that makes LeBron James crushed is yeah. even better. Speaking of the old Chinese emperors, I kind of want to do some research because what the hell is going on there? November fourteenth, Emperor Guangxu of of China died, but then the next day, Empress Dowager Cixi died. What the heck's going Whoa, on? A lot of upheaval. Yeah, and then the, obviously the yeah something's something's fishy going on, Ryan. We need to get to the bottom of 1908 China. <laughs>
0: We, we want to be your source for uh, oh. pre-revolution Chinese news. Yes. Um, when <laughs> when Chinese news breaks 108 years ago, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, our thanks to Leanne Regala for joining us. Uh, my thanks to you as always, Dave. Uh, of course, buddy. It's fun to be here. Um, it's fun to have you here. We will see you next week on the Break the Business Podcast. Bye-bye.